What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience once again. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these messages with your friends and family, your circle, people that you know, thank you so very much for doing that. We have people that are tuning in from all over the place. Continue to do that if you find these digital services helpful. Also, for those of you that continue to give online, thank you so very much for worshiping with us through your generosity. That helps us love more people and help more people and serve more people and feed more people. It helps us show our hurting community the love of God in the hands and feet of Jesus. Also, for those of you that are meeting our $10 challenge and you're just starting to give, thank you so very much for doing that. All right, so today we continue with our current series entitled The Elephant Room. And in this new series, as we start the new year, this is what I want us to do. Each different week in this series, I want us to take a different subject that most people, and especially most churches, normally don't talk about it. And I want us to kind of talk about it, to talk about the elephant in the room, because many times it, and it is the elephant in the room, it creates tension. Many times it is uncomfortable, and sometimes it can force us to see things differently. And so in this series, I don't want us to dance around it anymore. I want us to talk about the elephant in the room. Now, this is the first month of the new year of 2023. So let's start off like this again. Let's talk about something very uncomfortable. And then like we always do, let's turn it around into something encouraging because God is love. And so today we move on with part two. Now, I feel like I need to say this right away. Anytime we talk or discuss about the subject that we're going to talk about today, sometimes you need to do it in a bit of a lighthearted way because when this subject hits, it hits very, very heavy. But I do think that this is a subject that so many people and probably many of you think about and you wonder and you wonder about, but you don't really know who to ask about this subject or what to ask or how to ask, and let's be honest, if you don't know how to ask about an issue, or what to ask about an issue, or who to ask about an issue, then it becomes one of those issues that's like an elephant in the room. It's kind of like this, let's say that you think one of your family members or one of your roommates is stealing from you, or let's say that you're trying to get out of an abusive situation, or let's say that you need to sit your kids down this evening and tell them the bad news that you just got, maybe from the doctor or maybe from your job. Or maybe let's say that you're scared to start over and face all the challenges that starting over will produce in your life. Or let's say that someone ate the last bowl of the holiday banana pudding and no one will admit it. Well, who do you talk to about that? And how do you talk to people about that? Because not only does it involve you, but it also involves them. Sometimes there's the elephant in the room. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to say it. And you don't know who to say it to. So now it's this big, uncomfortable issue. And so today's subject is just one of those subjects. It's one of those subjects that's tense and it's just uncomfortable. And many times we just don't know what to ask about it how to ask about it, or who to ask about it. And I know what some of you are thinking, Tony, what in the world is this one issue? What's the subject for today? Well, I'm glad you asked, but first, let me ask you a question. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. How do you know if something's true? How do you know if something's true or not, truth or not? Well, this is how you know if something is true. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Something is true when it proves itself to be true. If I make this statement, 
Tylenol never helps my headaches go away, but ibuprofen always makes my headaches go away. Now, that may not be true for you, but that is absolutely true for me. It is absolutely true for me that Tylenol has never helped my headaches go away, and Advil always makes my headaches go away. And the reason why I know that's true is because it has worked over and over and over again in my life, it has proven itself to be true to me over and over and over again in my life. And that's also like God and Jesus Christ in my life. I can't prove that Jesus is real to you, but God, Jesus, has proven himself real to me through experience, through love, through faith, through moments that I've had with the Holy Spirit. I can't really prove that to anyone else, but God has proven himself real to me. And so something is true when it can prove itself true to you. Now, let's think about this and remember this today. And so we're about to get just a little bit more uncomfortable. If you're still with me, so I'm still with you. How can you know if something is true about someone else in your life? How can you know? if something is true about them. Now that's the elephant in the room. That's when you don't know who to ask, what to ask, or how to ask. But first, check this out. Matthew chapter seven, verses 16 through 20. Jesus says you can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way that they act. And so by the way that they act or react is their fruit. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can also identify people by their actions or by their fruits. Now, in its easiest to understand explanation, this is what this passage, these verses are teaching us in this moment. And notice this today. You're still with me. Sam's still with you. Not all good people stay good. Not all bad people stay bad. But there are times when you can tell if someone is good or bad because they prove it. Like, have you ever heard someone say, I'm really a good person, but sometimes I can't control my mouth? Oh, really? You're really a good person? No, I, I get it. You can't control your mouth. But you're really a good person? Let's move on. Luke 6, 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Simply put, not all good people stay good. Not all the good people that you know are going to stay that way. And not all the bad people that you know are going to stay bad. They're not going to stay that way. But there are times when you can tell if someone is good or bad because they prove it. And the good news is that Jesus forgives and he can change anyone. Amen. So here's the issue. Here's the question. Here's the subject that I want us to deal with today. This is the elephant room subject. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. As new people enter my life, how can I tell if they're toxic or healthy for my soul? If I notice red flags, how can I tell if this person is a good person or a bad person? And is there a test? 
that can prove it. Because remember, something is true when it can prove itself to be true. So what's the proof? What's the test? What's the fruit? What are the red flags? How can you know if new people entering your life are good or bad for your soul if your soul and your heart and your future can be trusted with them? Or let's put it another way, if you're still with me, Sam, still with you. How can you tell if the new people entering your life are good for you or bad for you? Good for your faith, good for your heart, good for your inner peace, good for your mental health, good for your emotional health, good for your future, or bad for it? What's the test? How can you tell? How can you know? Well, this is how you can tell by answering two basic questions. And these two questions offer a test, a foolproof fruit test, an evaluation test that lets us know when we're good or bad. And it lets us know when other people entering our life, if they can be trusted because their heart is good or in that moment, they're bad and they may hurt you and hurt your heart. The first question is this, and we've talked about this so many times before. And so we're not going to camp on this today, but this is really the one thing that makes anyone a good person at the core of who they are, this is what makes you good. Ask this question if they want to pass the test. Do they have empathy? Empathy is the fruit that the tree is good. Notice I didn't ask, do they come to church? Have they been baptized? How do they dress? Do they have tattoos? Where do they live? How much money do they give? All that kind. I didn't ask that. I asked this, do they have empathy and do they show empathy? Empathy, because that's the one thing that'll make you good. And this is what empathy is. Notice this. It's the ability to listen to and to try to stay curious and understand what you tell me about your pain with the intent to show compassion after that. That's what makes people good. If someone can sit with you and stay curious and listen to you about your pain with the intent to show compassion, that's a good person. And so as new people enter your life, have they proven that they can try to understand your hurt, your past, your confusion, your doubts, your scars, your wounds, your weaknesses, your faith, your heart. People of empathy won't stand by you when you're strong and then leave you when you're weak. People of empathy don't do that. People of empathy show compassion by placing themselves in your shoes. These are good people. You want people like this in your life and you want to be this type of person in the lives of other people because that means your heart is working towards being good and your heart can be trusted. But now the second question is this, and this is the elephant room, and so notice this, and I have to say, if you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Do they claim to have emotional and valid excuses for being unkind and unloving to others when it's convenient for them. Good things flow out of a good heart. Bad things flow out of a bad heart. What we say flows from what's in our heart. So again, I want you to notice this today, and this is the one that hits us right between the eyes. Notice this. A bad person is someone who claims to be a good person but they also claim to have valid excuses for being unkind to others. Most of the time when someone has to say, but I'm a good person, they usually say that right after they did what? Something that hurts you, something that was deceitful, 
something that was painful. And then when it all comes out, it forces them to say, but I'm really a good person. And that may be true, but in that moment, you found excuses to not show love and to be unkind and to sometimes be harsh. And so in that moment, that's not what good people do. That's what someone who's giving into a bad heart does. And the reason we have to discuss this is because people who come up with these loud emotional excuses to not control themselves and to be unkind they can make you feel worthless and Jesus does not want you to feel worthless and the church is really really good at making people feel worthless this is how people can make you feel worthless and this is how you can make other people feel worthless people with bad fruit and notice this this is so very important they cause you harm and then they make you feel better afterwards they treat you poor And then they treat you positive. This back and forth trains you to crave their approval after they've hurt you. Next is this. They can make you feel important. And then after that, they can make you feel like you're the worst person alive and you deserve it. This cycle is repeated. So it gets you hooked on those times when they make you feel important after they've made you feel like you're the worst person alive. Next is this. They often change from being very loving to very cold and very cruel, using big emotional arguments to justify it. And all of this creates one stressful event in your life after another. And what happens is this. It starts to create this unhealthy bond in your life between you and them because you start to crave those times when they're good to you after they've been bad to you. And so you allow them to repeat that cycle over and over again. And the cycle is this, creating bad and stressful moments in your life while convincing you that you must deserve it. Have you ever had people, friendships, relationships like that in your life, creating stressful moments for you and then after that convincing you that you deserve it? People with empathy don't do that. And let me tell you why. It's very simple because they know this simple truth, Luke 6, 31 through 32. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. It takes courage to love people. It takes courage to show compassion. It takes courage to try to understand. It takes courage to show sympathy and empathy. And guess what the Bible says that God gives to those who have courage? God gives those people a crown, James 1.12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. God has a crown ready for for those of us that endure pain and after that we still love God and we still love people. God has a crown for those who endure heartache and suffering and darkness and testing and adversity and we still love God and we still love people and we still keep going. There's a crown from God waiting for you if you have the courage to wear it. Good people show empathy even when it's difficult. Good people try to understand the pain of others. Be that person. Your crown is waiting for you if you have the courage to wear it. Good people show compassion to other people that are different than them. Good people speak hope out of a good heart. Be that person. Your crown is waiting for you if you have the courage to wear it. Good people speak encouragement out of a good heart. Good people speak faith out of a good heart. Be that person. Your crown is waiting for you if you have the courage to wear it. 
good people treat others the way they want to be treated. Be that person because your crown is waiting for you if you have the courage to wear it. In those moments where we show people kindness and love and then turn around and justify with excuses being cold and mean, bonding them to that stress over and over again, in those moments we are showing bad fruit, bad fruit. But if we have courage and show empathy, that's good fruit. The Bible says worthy of a crown. And again, your crown is waiting for you if you have the courage and the compassion and the empathy to wear it. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful new year. And we hope you have a wonderful week.